you woke up this morning, it's a good day. If you woke up healthy, it's a good day. If you woke up refreshed, then it's a good day. So get up, get out, get on your way. If you woke up broke, it's still a good day. And if you woke up diseased, it's still a good day. And if you woke up exhausted, it's still a good day. Because you woke up, so get on your way. Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we bring you our experience anywhere from desk. Oh, wow. I don't know where we're going with this one, Aaron, but we're just going to keep going because this is episode 115, one of our social episodes. Yes. So usually we say we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off land. And then you say we bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. You should just read my part. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, in on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn something. Uh, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list, or to remove from it. <laughs> you can tell, like we never actually uh, say these parts. How y'all doing? This uh, once again, welcome to Travel by Proxy, uh, the show where we leave our house so you don't have to. And I'm Aaron. That's Andrea. We're just going to keep going at this point because I think this is a wonderful intro. We're getting social. We're getting social with with sociable. Sociable Sociable cider is a cidery here in Minnesota. Get that good pour. That sounds really good. So this is the uh, this is the mead. What is it called again? Uh, It is called Mead for Speed, and mead is a honey wine. Mm Mm-hmm. And this actually is something that I tasted for the first time uh, this past weekend in Same reality. Same with me. Um, uh, during my bachelor party. So we had a nice little weekend. We got an Airbnb with some friends and drank a lot. A lot more than normal. Uh, and we realized exactly what our, our bodies are doing in our current ages. Yeah. And it is telling us that we're not uh, in our 20s anymore. No. No, we're not. We're in my... Th- we're in, like, I'm in my... Mid going on late thirties, you're in your, your early to mid thirties. Uh, we're uh, we're the same age, Aaron. That's you're right. a year older than me. <laughs> that's right. That that's all you are. You're a year older than me. I keep thinking you're a few years younger than me no. at times, but you're not, and that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, you know, it's um, we actually we were gonna go to that was a brief sniff of the mead for speed. By the way, it smells amazing. It really does. I just really want to like breathe this in. This is like drinking honeycomb with your nose. Mm-hmm. No, it's got a super intense honey oh, flavor, and there's like a tart to it too. Mm-hmm. Like you get the apple tartness mm-hmm. and the the um, you get that honey right away. In fact, uh, I actually made a graph at one point. Which is no, no, not like a visual like graph, like like math or like comparing things. Graph is an actual brewing style where you mix cider oh. with beer. It's spelled G R A F. Okay. See, because when you said that you made a graph, not knowing that brewing term, I immediately imagined all of the spreadsheets that you have made for this podcast and for everything else That's that true. you do. I do make so, a lot of spreadsheets. So you creating a graph basing the same type of ciders or brews um, does not seem outside of your wheelhouse for me. I kind of now want to make a cider versus beer versus mead <laughs> graph for spreadsheet. I might start doing that when I'm uh, recovering from surgery. That's a good plan. Yeah, stay tuned for the... Uh... <laughs> stay tuned for Andrea on painkillers after surgery when we record our next set episodes. No. <laughs> no. 
No. Anyway, um, so this is the meat for speed. And right away you get that kind of tartness mm-hmm. and that honey right on the nose. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's a real crisp uh, sweetness to it. Uh, I mean, it, it really does. Like, it, it's so fruit forward and honey forward mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about Sociable is that there can say... And I don't know if they've always done this or this if this is a newer feature for them, mm-hmm. but they actually like talk about the flavors in numerical terms right on the outside of their cans. Oh, really? May, yeah. May I see? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron, so, will you so, read it for us? So they've got a list and it's got a sweet with a five out of 10, tart of two of 10, bitter three of 10, and body of two of 10. And then it has a check mark and says gluten free. Can we call the uh, last one the Ventura scale? Absolutely. Why not? Sure. Because it's the body. <laughs> Jesse, the body Ventura, who was one of our governors uh, right around the time I graduated high school. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> no, with the, what we wanted to do with this episode, because again, it's our five episode break uh, from actually, you know, talking about going places or physically going to places. Uh, we just kind of wanted to chat about, you know, our travel experiences again. Um, but we're not going to go through like our travel rituals in this one. We're more just going to kind of tell stories about travel. And I did want to hit because we were going to go to Sociable um, during my bachelor weekend. And we ended up going to Norseman Distillery instead. Which was also an amazing experience. Oh God, and look forward insane. to episode 116 where we talk about everything about Norseman. And like I mentioned in the last episode, those people with the fish, and you're just going to keep going, what are you talking about? You will find out next episode, 116. Unless we forget. (laughs) I don't think I'll ever forget that whole thing with the people with the fish. But we're not talking about that yet. What we're talking about is just kind of like when you go to a place, you need to find somewhere, you need to find somewhere to eat. And you need to find somewhere to have a cocktail or a beer or a cider. uh, And you don't always want to go for a chain restaurant yeah you you don't always want to go to your hotel bar no i mean sometimes the hotel bars are really good yeah uh it depends on the hotel it depends on your locale like i had uh, i stayed at a holiday inn express that was in marlboro uh massachusetts and the hotel bar there was wonderful like it was one of the few hotel bars i've went to that it's it's actually a good bar that people from the community go to, not just because they're there on business and spending time in a hotel bar. Whereas I stayed at a Motel 6 uh, just outside of Boise, Idaho, and the hotel bar there was a 36-pack of PBR. <laughs> that happens from time to time as well. Yeah. It, 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 was, just my, it was just my road trip friends and our, mm-hmm. our trunk. Yeah. Oh, trunk beer. Love the trunk beer. Mm-hmm. It's one of our favorites. Um, it's, you know, the thing, the the best way I can describe, you know, when you travel and you want to get something to eat. So my my uh, wife, by the time this, ep- this episode airs, uh, she spent uh, she spent almost a year living in Brooklyn, in New York City. And when her sister came to visit and she was, you know, just 21, um, they wanted to go somewhere. They wanted the to sister or your wife. The sister was was just twenty one at the time. So, um, but her so her sister was just being twenty one. She's like, we need to go do something. We need to go explore. So they ended up going to a TGI Fridays in Times Square, which was a TGI Fridays in, Times, just, Square, in Times Square. Though. But so like it's 
any other TGI Fridays except everything costs three times as much as what you get anywhere else because it's in Times Square. So, you know, they bought appetizers and a drink and it cost them like $45 for these like small things that you would usually get for less than 20 here. And, uh, you know, it's it's moments like that where it's just don't go to big chains just because they're in the fancy place that you are. You need to go find something that is local and you can do that a lot of different Unless ways. Unless that's what you like. If that, like, if your goal was to visit all of the TGI Fridays yeah. that exist and you're just tripping around, like road tripping or flying everywhere, or it's like you happen to do a lot of travel for mm-hmm. work and you just want to hit every TGI Fridays, then by all means well, do that. Or like I know somebody that just really, really, really doesn't want to take a risk and they know Mm -hmm. that no matter where they are they will always get the same microwaved burger at an (laughs) applebee's yep anywhere they go i mean i i do the same thing with pizza we talked about that on the pizza Mm -hmm. episode that that i default to papa john's because it's so consistent across the country for me yes it's so consistently uh yeah not domino's Domino's has gotten a lot better. I will give them credit for that, but we don't have to bother with that. But I mean, you do have you do have those those you know those people or yourself maybe that you don't want to like take huge chances on crazy places. But that's not what this podcast is about. This no. podcast is about how you find the stupid weird hole in the walls, like a roast beef place that isn't even on Google. Yep, it's uh, you can find it on Google Maps. They do not have their own website. It is called O'Connell's Pub. It is in St. Louis. If you listen to our last episode, you can hear me rant mm-hmm. and rave about that roast beef sandwich. That it's the only thing I ever ate there, but it's delicious, and I will always go back there for it. There's always a slight risk of salmonella, but you can never go wrong with a food truck. True, food truck. Food truck. Not. Are I shouldn't huge... say salmonella. I should say foodborne illnesses because, yeah. like, salmonella is just one of them. Yeah. Because I mean, like, really, like, I, I always feel like there is that risk of foodborne, but, but I love, mm-hmm. I love street food. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, um, like when we went to Norseman, they had the Union food truck yes. that was out the back, um, and they they'd moved it out because they're they're building a kitchen. So mm-hmm. you know, the next time we go back to Norseman, they should have their kitchen finished. Um, and have their own food uh, on on menu rather than just from the Union food truck. I used to love getting Nate dogs whenever I'd host trivia at Summit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, if, the, like, my, my, my first thing that I do whenever I travel to a place for business is I look to see if there's, like, a local brewery or mm-hmm. a distillery um, or, like, winery or something like that. Because yeah. guaranteed, they will have like either a food truck or they'll have food menus. Yep. And it might just be kind of basic bar food, like sliders and fries and kind of things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but you can always get a start there. And then you talk to the bartenders, you talk to the staff there, you talk to your five-minute friend. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you you find out the next place that you need to go when you have more time or, you know, if you're on a weekend where, you know, like you're you're staying for two weeks or, you know, splitting where you're, you're off for a weekend that you have that time to go out and explore. And that's I mean, that's how we had some of the best barbecue I've had in Florida was um, by going to a bar and starting there. Perfect. Bar didn't serve food, but we went and said, hey, we, we were talking to the bartender mm-hmm. and the bartender said, hey, you should definitely go to this barbecue joint and we're like all right we're going there 
Yeah. Like, number one for me, if you want to find something good locally, talk to a person that's there. And it usually would be somebody that's on staff. Because you can always strike up conversations with people that are at the bar with you, but they might be fellow travelers. They might not know anything about the local area. They might not have the same set of tastes that you do. Um, But, you know, the staff at those places will always have something that they love that they want to send you to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it seems like such a like an easy thing like everybody says it but everybody also ignores it too Mm -hmm. yeah you have you have those times like you know i had a friend that did a a bunch of travel and they're just like they didn't like the place they went and i honestly can't remember too much about it because i just remember being appalled during the conversation that they're like yeah this place had like nothing good and i'm like what do you mean it had nothing good like every place that you go has something that's good and they're just like well i just you know i went to chili's and then i just kind of kept going to chili's and then there was an applebee's so like alternated the chili's and the applebee's it's like did you go anywhere that's not a chain that's not like that's actually local to the place and they're like well i didn't find anything but if you don't leave the little geographical area that these two things exist then you're not going to experience mm-hmm. it like i mean i i fell in that rut when I was in, uh, I was staying in in Covington, Kentucky, which is just across the river from Cincinnati. It's just south of Cincinnati proper, and I was staying there as I was in the process of moving to Cincinnati. So I was trying to find a place to live, and I had everything at this hotel. And I ended up going to the same Waffle House like all the time. And like there was a Big Boy Burger that was over there, which is kind of a local chain, but it's still like a chain burger restaurant. And Waffle House is huge in the South. Oh yeah, but it's also something we don't get in the north that i mean it's diner food it's not like this magical thing because it's still chain diner diner food but every waffle house is kind of individual and the one thing that if you've never experienced a waffle house when you go to the south and you find one it's diner food you're going to get breakfast you're going to get eggs you're going to get hash browns Um, but i will tell you if you find that your cook is standing outside having a cigarette and he has like three teeth and he's like kind of high he's probably going to make some of the best diner food you've ever had in your life that was a lot of silence (laughs) i think i I just i I think i just surprised you with that description yeah i i had i had to take a moment to process that because i don't know if i'm gonna edit that out of the podcast or not don't 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 bother with it because that was a wonderful perfect reaction because it is a weird thing because most people when you're traveling you're looking for the luxury you're looking for you know because you don't go to you don't go to disney because you want to see what's behind Mm -hmm. disney you want to see disney you know i spent a lot of time working in stadiums and i had so many people that they're just like oh my god you get to be there every day and it's like no every day it's still just a giant building but now there's no one here and there's nothing going on there's no excitement there's no vendors there's nothing like i just have one one ply toilet paper in these giant bathrooms and that's like i have my office and my coffee maker and that's it like it's just like any other office it just happens to be in this place that everyone thinks is magical because you only see it when it's on Mm -hmm. yeah and that's but that's the thing about any city. You know, you can go to the touristy places and you can see where they're on or you can try to find those places that are just what makes that locale real for everybody else that lives there. Did I ever tell you about when my mom broke her leg at Universal Studios? I don't think you did. Okay. But your your thing about like the office mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of that because like I was a kid mm-hmm. I mean, it was, and um, 
we were it was the Halloween like horror nights at Universal. Okay. And she didn't break her leg. She uh, rolled her ankle. Oh, okay. She had tripped and fallen. She sprained it. She didn't. She thought she broke it, well, maybe. No, she did seriously severely injure okay. it. And if you know my family and leg injuries, like, mm-hmm. when we, like, roll an ankle, it's never just, oh, I rolled an ankle, I can't walk anymore. No, you're going to need surgery. I probably <laughs> have ligament damage at some point. Yeah. I just don't know it yet because our bodies for somewhere. So for, for the, I'm going to digress for a moment, go, but bring me right it. back. Be, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, <laughs> so my current knee injury, uh, I, uh, I slipped and fell in February. <laughs> when we went and, to Merlin's rest. And no, no. Oh, this was before Merlin's. This was way before Merlin's. Okay. I slipped on February 1st in my garage on oh, some God. slush. And I dislocated my knee. Mm-hmm. I went to the get it evaluated the next day. And the doctor that evaluated me said that everything feels intact. They do like a physical examination yep. where they, you know, they manipulate your leg and everything. And they make sure that your joints are okay. Yep. So I, I did a month of physical therapy. Yep. And over the course of that month, um, just a moment, trigger warning for anybody that's listening. It's going to get slightly triggery. Yeah. My knee kept dislocating. Yep. Over and and over for a few of those. And over again. Mm -hmm. So I went back a month later and they did an MRI. Before the MRI, the doctor I had they had to do another physical examination Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before they could order the MRI. And the doctor did the same manipulation again and said that all of my joints appear to be intact because they're very, very resistant. They're very, very strong and Mm very very flexible yep but then you got the mri done and the doctor had this sheepish look on their face and said i could have sworn that your knee was fine that your knee was you know fine i had three torn ligaments in my knee yep so when i say that my family when they you know like roll an ankle and then they get back up and they're like yeah i'm definitely hurt Mm -hmm. we're probably telling the truth yeah so, so back anyway, to Universal. Back to Universal. My mom rolls her ankle on the um, <laughs> on the curb, and she can't walk anymore. Oh God! So they call like this golf cart, and they they put her in the golf cart along with my dad, my sister, and I, mm-hmm. and they drive us through the studio back lot. Yep. And when you go back through the studio back lot, backstage behind Universal, you suddenly see what everybody there is like when they're off duty. Yep. So you see, like, you know, like Woody Woodpecker with his uh, with his head, head off. off, smoking a cigarette, and you see like <laughs> Frankenstein's monster, like just washing the makeup off of their mm-hmm. face, and and you realize that like the magic and the fear and terror is it's is, a show, it's a show, mm-hmm. and so your stadium kind of analogy holds up. Yeah, and it's it like I said, it's the same thing with cities because if you go. And, like, you know, I've got friends that they've gone to Cozumel, Mexico several times, and they keep raving about it's just a 100% party all the time. It's like, yeah, because every time you go, it's during spring break and you're at a resort. That's what that's for. If you leave the resort, you're going to experience what the city is really like, you know. And, you know, that's what I always tried to do. You know, I talked about the the Holiday Inn Express in Marlboro. I did a Best Western that was down the street in Marlboro as well. And they had a really nice bar that was kind of hit or, hit or miss as far as people in it on a given night. 
Um, but it was still, you know, the bartender knew what they were doing and they really cared about their job, but they still had those moments where you kind of like walk up and they're like, hang on, I've got to watch this thing on the TV and then I'll get to you. Which honestly, I enjoy more than the like crazy attentive people that it's just like either jumping from person to person constantly. Like when I have a chance to just sit and chat with a person, it's so much better. If if I need to wait for them to kind of get in that mental space to take my order, then I'm going to be excited about that. And I had a lot of great conversations with those bartenders at each of those hotels. And then, you know, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing about Boston and Massachusetts in general is Boston is a very old city. It's a very large city, but everything's really expensive in there. So when I first started staying there, I kind of had been finding hotels that were in part of the like Boston area and were still on the T or the train line, like their Metro. Um, but then we had a, a, like an issue with our accounting department that they decided that they wanted to spend overall more money on all of my travel, uh, by renting me a car because they wanted to see a lower individual price per night for the hotel. And that's how I ended up at Marlboro because that's a 45 minute drive from downtown Boston. Yeah, that, that's not fun. And, uh, you know, trying to find parking in Boston. If you've ever driven in Boston, it's, I have, it's a nightmare. Uh, there was one trip that I did that uh, I got to the airport, I get to my rental car place, and I'm supposed to get in just a little economy car because it's the cheapest and it's what they always got me. And the guy's like, look, I've got this Dodge Caravan, this Dodge Grand Caravan that I just can't get rid of. And you can literally just drop it off outside the airport empty. If you could please take this, I would just be so happy. And so I took that and I ended up driving around, took a wrong turn at one point and attempted a U-turn in Boston on a side street in a Dodge Grand Caravan. Wow. (laughs) And that was a mistake because those streets are so narrow. Like if you've never been to Boston, you have to understand those old eastern cities on the eastern seaboard, a lot of them still have the street width that was there for horse and buggies. They didn't, they, you know, because all the buildings are. Especially if you're in like the north end. Yeah. because And you've got so many buildings that are in the registry or the historical registry. Mm -hmm. You just kind of have a, like a citywide moratorium on, you know, raising buildings to the ground um, or trying to widen streets because then you're cutting out sidewalks and all this stuff. And so you just have these very, very narrow streets and uh, driving a full size van on those streets is more terrifying to me than a lot of other places I've driven. Cause like there's the, uh, like if you're on highway 10 and I'm moving way South. So if you're going through the Bayou in Louisiana and you're on highway 10, we're in a different state. We're, now. we're in a completely different part of the country. Uh, but so you are on these bridges that are just over the Bayou. Welcome to the social episode. <laughs> and, um, you have these two lane roads and you've got about 50 to 60 miles of just straight shot. It's 55 miles an hour and there's one exit in the middle to a rest stop and it's just a rest stop. There's no like gas stations or anything. It's just a rest stop in my recollection. And then you get right back on and you go. So like if you didn't get gas, you got to hope you have enough gas to get you all the way to the end of that. For our Midwestern listeners, basically North Dakota. Yes. Um, but you're also over water the whole time. So like you're over big swamplands. So like North Dakota right now. Yes. During huge flood season where we had so much snow and the the North had so much snow that everything's flooding. Um, So you might say that the North remembers. (laughs) 
I would say the North remembers. But no, it, like driving cross country is one of the like coolest but weirdest things that I've ever done in my life. Um, but the three places that have the worst traffic, since I'm just going to keep talking about that, it is Boston, St. Louis, and Atlanta. And they are tied, in my opinion, for first worst. And they just have different reasons for why I don't like driving there. Would you like huh. to hear them? No, not really. Okay, fine. I want to get more social. All right. With sociable. Social with sociable. Yeah, I don't want to talk about traffic anymore. I want to talk about social with sociable. <laughs> We're going to have to try and get them to start sponsoring us or something. Uh, we might be able No, we won't be able to. I mean, if you work at sociable, let us know. Yeah, come on. But no, I mean, back to the happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we just, stop vetching about... Me, um, just me complaining about traffic and driving. Welcome to the curmudgeon episode where Aaron <laughs> just sits here and complains about uh, driving. Don't you understand how bad traffic is? No, um, the, the, the thing... Because, you, you know, we've talked... I don't know if we talked on the pet podcast yet or not, but but the I mentioned the five-minute friend. Yeah. Would you want to give the full de- full description of that again, just in case somebody hasn't listened to the back catalog? Because uh, I want to hear you explain that again. Uh, so, a five-minute friend is when... is you can talk, Basically, you can talk to anybody for five minutes. Um, no matter where you are, you can sit down and just talk to anybody for five minutes mm-hmm. and it kind of sprung out of when i was in birmingham alabama and i decided to go to a local brewery okay sat down at a bar with my baseball cap and my book mm-hmm. prepared to not talk to anybody you know yeah and i overheard some people talking about beer saying Which the happens wrong at a brewery the wrong things about beer oh they were yeah. they were ill-informed yeah and so if there's one thing that i like more in the world about um you know it's helping educate. It's helping educate others about beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said, uh, I, I helped them kind of, I helped correct their, you know, their their misguided view on beer. Mm-hmm. And we started talking more about beer. We started uh, drinking more beer together. Okay. And they invited me to go to a baseball game with them. Nice. Was it uh, like the University of Alabama? No, it was the Birmingham Barons. Oh, is it their, uh, their, their minor, the minor league? league baseball nice. game, which is just within walking distance of good people brewing. Well, there you go. Yeah. And minor league baseball games are always a treat. Oh, I know. I love minor league baseball. The last time I went to a Saints game um, was it's for one of my, my wife's kind of family things. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a, like we had the club access and all that kind of stuff, and it was raining, so that it, it you know was a little bit more of a bummer for the day. My my favorite minor league experience was when the Saints were in their old stadium, and everything midway. was at Midway, and everything was still walk up and the uh-huh. kind of more bleacher seats and less of a like real stadium like they have now. I mean, they still have a great atmosphere, um, but it's like I went there for one of my birthdays. And I don't remember a lot of it because I was really drunk by the time I got there. Um, but I just, there was nothing unpleasant about it. You know, yeah. you didn't have, you didn't have the weird fans that were screaming at each other. And you didn't have the kind of things that happen at the larger sporting events where people, for some reason, like need to bring negative energy. But you just, everyone was having a great time. And everyone, you know, it's like everyone I interacted with on that day was great. And then they had the super fun little races and the things that they do with the mascots and the people in the crazy costumes. I should take you to a to a Mud Hens game. Where are those? Um, they are located in um, uh, Meesville, Minnesota. 
Oh, Meesville. Yeah. Actually, no. You Did you go to that game with us? Uh, like probably three or four? No, you were still no, out of state. Then. I was still out of state yeah. then. So um, we did a, we just decided to do a random like mm-hmm. game down there. So nice. um, in Minnesota, we have a, like a, a community built baseball stadium. Nice. Um, built by the community and maintained by the community. Nice. Located right across the street from a fantastic burger bar, King's Bar. King's Bar. Mm-hmm. If you're ever in Meesville, go. Oh my word. We uh, stop there every time we go to uh, Welsh Village. For skiing. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. I miss skiing. I haven't done I haven't skied in years. Neither have I. I've been injured too much. That's true. That happens. I just I haven't I don't think I've skied since I've been an adult. Really? Yeah. I got a second set of skis. Maybe later. We'll feel <laughs> when <laughs> I'm not injured. Let's wait till you're hey, your knee If you want to tell us, uh, give me some well wishes on skiing, you can always email fans at travelbyproxy.com or leave a comment on our Facebook page. The Travel by Proxy theme is Now We're Talking by Cheris. That's not his name. Our but we're... theme is That's Good Day it. by Alex, which is copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Cheris, which is playing now. Copyright 2015. Both of those are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed Walking it, and we wish you, you a look, look out, out your window. Moving stones and Rearranging all the pieces that you find Now we're talking about Things and places, all the names And the faces of all the people that you love